Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I guess we just have to lean in, like when we want to talk. So we can kiss every time. Yeah, we might actually. Hi guys, welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> this is your host, the one and only King Cor. What's that like? That TikTok that's like two friends together, they might kiss. No, they won't. Yes, they might. No, you don't know that one. Never mind. Oh, you know you know the TikToks well? You can talk if you want. Oh, okay then. Because you're like, oh, don't talk in it. So. Yeah, yeah. You can talk if you want. I think they would like to hear you sometimes. Yeah, okay. But don't b- try and barge in. Okay. Okay. Hi, guys. Welcome to the kingdom on this lovely Monday morning, it's 12.35 a.m. We tried to start recording at like 10.30, right? Not 10.30. And both mics just are not working. So Drew and I have to share one mic. It's very uncomfortable. May I say something? Sure. Um, it's not uncomfortable if you don't make it uncomfortable. It's very... But also, <laughs> I'm saying that this is an interview, so you're going to be doing the most of the talking anyways. Oh, yes. So it's fine. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say, yeah, this podcast is actually going to be an interview because Andrew has a project where he has to interview somebody about, like, moving from or, like, just, like, culture shock. So I thought we'd turn it into a podcast episode because you guys liked hearing from him the last episode, I guess. So, yeah, I was like, why why don't we just turn this into a podcast episode because I don't have any content. (laughs) Um, but yes, so I guess you have some questions for me. I've never been interviewed before, so I'm actually very excited. When? Magazine interview? Oh, actually, never mind. I've been interviewed a couple times. (laughs) I lied. But I'm excited. Yeah, I guess not about, like, America. You want to talk about America? No, not really, but if that's a question you have for me, then go ahead. Okay, so. All right. Shall we begin? <laughs> Hello, professor. If you're listening, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Oh, yeah. Hope- Your professor's going to have to hear this. Oh, my God. Thank you for listening. What? Yeah. Um, so this is going to be my intercultural communication project. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So culture shock interview question number one. Nice. Well, what is culture shock? I should know this, right? Yeah, you should. Professor, don't listen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So culture shock mm-hmm. is when you come from a different culture and you are integrating into a new culture. You yeah. get shook a little, yeah. you know? You're like, whoa, what's mm-hmm. going on here? And you hit the whoa. You hit the whoa. We'll start off with the first question. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Well, I haven't seen any of these questions too, so. What? Is your name? Are you serious? <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you. Okay, well, I do know quite a bit about you and yeah. So, my question is, what are your names? Oh, 
and where are you originally from? Like, oh, so what are like all my names? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> my name is, well, my full name, all of it, is Karen Ajoa Amwafwa Nana Ohenewa Atakra Memuna. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do not add the Memuna. But yes, yeah. It ends at Atakura. What day of the week were you born? Can you stop talking like that? <laughs> I sound like the, the person doing the lie detector. No, because people say you sound like a radio guy. Is that why you're trying to sound like that? No. Oh. Okay. What day was I born? Yeah. I was born July 31st, 2000. But? But? What does the day of the week oh, mean? Oh, okay. So I was born on a Monday. And in my culture, each person, like... Whatever day you were born on, um, you're given a name. So sometimes some parents don't even bother, like, finding another name for their child. They just go with, like, the traditional, like, day names. So I was born on a Monday, so my name is Ajua, which is just a girl born on a Monday. If I were a boy, it would be Kujo. Um, Tuesday for girls is Abina. The male version is Kwabina. Zoel, you were born on a Friday, so you're a Fua. And the male version of that is Kofi. Um, so, yeah, it goes on and on like that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a Joa. So, you mentioned culture. What culture? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? Called the Culture 3 album by Migos. <laughs> no, um, culture. I'm from the eastern region of Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, instead of states like we have here, Ghana has regions. So, there's... I don't know. I think there's like 10 regions. There's like 10 regions. And I'm from the eastern region. I'm from like, well, my parents are from a town. Or it's called Abitifi or you could call it Kweu. Yeah. So I'm from the eastern region. You can say I'm Kuni. Like if I meet another Ghanaian, like they can be like Ashanti or Ewe. I'm just Kweu. Beautifully said. What did I say? Some words and a, f- <laughs> and a few ones I can't pronounce right now. Okay. Um, so going off of that, about all your names and your culture, do you go by a different name in your home than you do out into the world? Yeah. Um, my mom, well, it's only my mom that calls, or my dad. My mom, my dad calls me Nana, which is king. <laughs> Um, but that's because he actually is low. He is a king, low key. So I, I kind of got that name from him. So he calls me Nana or Amwafwa, which is my middle name, or Ajwa. So my mom can call me Ajwa, or she'll call me Amwafwa, or like she'll just call me like Amwa, like short for Amwafwa. Yeah, she mostly calls me Amwa. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Karen. You're very welcome. So moving on. What year did you come to America? <laughs> I wish you would talk normally. Can you do that? So what year did you come to America? Yes, thank you. Um, I came to America in 2012, March 2012. So it would have been actually like nine years exactly because I came March 15th, 2012. So is that nine years? Yeah, exactly nine years ago, a couple of days ago. 
Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Are you texting, guys? Professor, give him a, a minus B, okay? He's texting in the middle of this. <laughs> no, I'm not. You have no proof. Okay, so is there a particular reason why you moved here? <laughs> well, my mom lived here. Um, my mom moved here because she just like knew there would be like a better life and a better opportunity. So she moved here when I was four and Clara was two. So we didn't really have a memory of us like growing up with her. But we moved here because, well, we didn't have a choice. Like she was like, you guys are coming here. So and we weren't like mad about it. We were excited because it's not everyone over there that gets the chance to come here. So exactly. So I'm not going to go too into depth about your time in Ghana. Because I know you already have a podcast episode or two about that. Just one. Just one, I guess. <laughs> I guess I don't listen. But I just want to say, what was the conversation like when your mom said, guess what? You're coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> when you found out you were coming to America, what was your reaction? actually really happy well we we had been in the process of like getting a passport getting a visa going for the visa interviews and stuff so it wasn't like a surprise to us that we were coming because we already went to get our passport taken like we we knew we were in the process of coming here but we didn't know when my grandma kept that a secret like and we were in the process for a long time like it took like three years for us to finally be able to come here and each time we thought we were close to coming, like, the date would get postponed or, like, something would happen. So I remember just praying every single day that, like, we could come here. And then one Sunday, like, I'm just, like, chilling on a Sunday. And my grandma, my second mom, who I used to live with, was like, you're going to America on Wednesday. <laughs> and it was on a Sunday. And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, your passport just came in, like, you're going in three days. I was like, no way. Like, anyway, yeah. So we were, I, it was just shock. I was like, what? And then I went to, because we lived in like a flats or it's called apartments here, but it's called flats over there. So we lived in flats and I went to the balcony of my flat and I like screamed down because all the kids were playing downstairs. And I screamed and I was like, I'm going to America on Wednesday. And everyone was like, no. I don't know. But people were happy for me, yeah. So the anticipation was building up over three years. Yeah, basically. Basically. That's very interesting. And there was no like there was no like end in sight, you mm -hmm. know? It it felt like we would never come. Mm -hmm. So before coming, was there anything we're not gonna make another <laughs> <laughs> I literally just thought Before arriving in America. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Is there anything you remember people telling you what it was going to be like? Any mm -hmm. friends saying, oh, I heard blah, blah, blah about America. Or like your grandma or your second mom saying, oh, America's going to be like so nice or it's yeah. going to be so bad. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not even like anybody had to tell us what America was going to be like. We had already pictured the the image in our heads. Like, everyone at that time, like, all the kids at that time had a very idealized version of America. It was, like, it was a dream, to be honest. We literally thought America was, like... Great. Beautiful. Okay. 
<laughs> like we because we would see like these pictures of these tall buildings and the lights like like let's say Times square and we're like oh my god because like that doesn't exist where we are or we'd see like the highways and the bridges and just all these like landmarks and it looked like unreal it looked like another world it is another world to be honest but it just looked like like a heavenly like paradise like streets made of gold i kid you not like streets made of gold like beautiful mansions everywhere like everyone's happy like just like just heaven literally like heaven on earth that's what we thought it was and i had a friend who had been to america and she would like come back and she would just say like all these things like there's machines that like spit out like candy and all these like Things that were just crazy to us. So, yeah, we had, like, a really futuristic idea of what America was going to be like. Yeah. I had something else to say, but I forgot. Well, let me know if it that comes, comes back. back. Okay. Yeah, so, before we get to the the part where you will finally come to America, mm-hmm. looking back on that anticipation... Were you at all prepared for what was to come? Um, no, I was not at all. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> actually, no. I just, it was just pure excitement. Like, there was not one bad feeling. It was just pure excitement and, like, Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that even when, like, we would see planes fly by, every single time we we saw planes fly by, like, all the kids would, like, gather, like, be shouting to be like, oh, my God, hi, America, for real. We'd be like, he's like, okay, tell my mom I said hi. Like, (laughs) shout into the plane. Every single plane we saw, we were like, tell my mom I said hi. Tell her to bring me jollof and fried rice. (laughs) Every single plane or even a helicopter yeah when we're in ghana and all the kids will do that too they're like if you're coming back bring me this like that's what i remember but i don't think there are any direct flights from (laughs) um, africa to america yes there There are are. i thought you had to go to europe and then would i mean yeah you have to go to you you probably make a quick stop but they would get there eventually (laughs) (laughs) that first step can you remember that first step off the plane to a new country (laughs) yes did you order food claire i just remember it being cold that's all i remember like it was march obviously so it was probably like 40 50 degrees and that was just temperatures that we had never like experienced before so remember being cold i remember like seeing like oh wow there's so many white people (laughs) like i'd never seen that many white people before and then i don't know but everyone was like being super nice i remember like everyone at the airport was just like really nice because i don't remember we were traveling by ourselves no we weren't but i don't know yeah i just remember coldness yes thank you that's a beautiful answer (laughs) so those anticipated moments of coming to america were they shot down right away or did you have to integrate into america first to see that what you thought it was going to be like was not true I would say it was shut down immediately <laughs> because, um, well, we arrived in Boston, right? So obviously Boston is like the city. So it kind of was like, okay, so 
I remember seeing these in like on TV and the magazine. So like City Life, the Tall Towers, Burger King, like everything was like, okay, this is America, right? And then I remember the drive, the drive to this town, this godforsaken town that we live in. And I just remember seeing like nothing. Like like once we left the city, we just kept like driving. And there wasn't much of a sight to see. It was just like nothing. And I was like, oh, this is America. And then we got home. And yeah, it was just nothing like I was expecting. Because when we lived in Ghana, we're used to we're used to like a like a good life. You know, like these big houses, mansions, security guards at people's doors, maids and servants and all that in Ghana, right? And I came here and my mom is unlocking the door to her like two bedroom apartment. <laughs> and the apartment was so small. Like I swear it was probably like seven fifty square feet. Like so small. The kitchen was tiny. The rooms were tiny and right next to each other. Um, we had to sleep on like an air mattress for the first like couple months. And I just remember thinking like, no, 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 no. Take me back. <laughs> Take me back right now. Like it just was not like the fantasy that I had in my head, you know, like I was still happy to be here. But it was like I was expecting bigger. I was expecting to walk into a mansion and just, you know, like all this fantasy that I had in my head. And, you know, I was just sleeping in a cold, cold um, apartment room on an air mattress. And, I mean, my mom was doing what she could, obviously. But we definitely had a different picture, like, of what it looked like. So, interacting with another culture for the first time. Mm. Do you remember your first, the first person, American person that you interacted with? Do not ask me this question because I feel like I've told you this before, haven't I? I'm doing this for the project. Okay, but haven't I told you this before? Is that what you're asking me? No, you've me never this question? told me this. Oh, okay. I feel like I've told somebody this question before because it's kind of bad. Like, okay, you know, um, I'm going to bleep out his name. You know, Lucas, that was the first person. <laughs> if you guys knew this person in real life, you would understand why this is funny because it was the first day of like school. I went to middle school. Yeah. So the first time like interacting with people was school? Yes. Did you go to school right away? No, I didn't go to school right away. Good question. I was actually home for like like a couple months because we were still trying to get like the school process like taken care of. And like we had to go through like if we knew how to speak English and stuff. And it was funny. Actually, no. The first couple white people I interacted with were like the government officials. Yeah, trying to see if I could speak English. And they were so surprised that I could speak English. So those were government officials. And then like, I remember going to the hospital for a checkup or something. And then they said, do you go to school? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, she doesn't go to school? And my mom was like, oh, no, no, no. Like she just moved. Like we're going to put her in school. Don't worry. But yeah, so my first real like interaction was um at school like the first day of school i remember i had my flip phone i had my turtleneck purple turtleneck with like my big puffer jacket and then i'm sitting in the main office like waiting for them to you know put me in a class and lucas walks in and i'm like oh great like a like a white boy that like you know i can talk to or like you know try and befriend but okay if you guys don't know this person has what is asperger's this person has Asperger's syndrome, which is like, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a 
some sort of what? I don't know. Disorder. It's some sort of disorder. So, like, you just act different from, like, what a considered considered normal person would act like. So, this boy has Asperger's syndrome. Now, I have no clue what Asperger's syndrome is like, you know? So, he walks in, and all he's doing is, like, pacing back and forth. Like, just pacing back and forth, shaking his hands. He's super red. And he's talking to himself. And, like, that's what he does, like, normally. Like, now that I've gone to know him, like, that's just his, like, how he acts because of the syndrome. But I remember seeing that for the first time. And I was thinking, like, are all white people like this? I swear. Like, I literally thought, um, like, I just was so, like, scared. I didn't know what he was doing. And I tried to talk to him, and he ignored me. So then I started to think that maybe all white kids acted this way. But then I was wrong. They actually acted worse. So, yeah. So, obviously, American culture is very different. Yeah, very. So, would you say your first experience outside of meeting Lucas first Mm -hmm. um, would be experiencing culture within, like, the school system? Because I'm sure the school systems are different from the stories you've told me. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, your day-to-day life. Like, if you, like, ordered food somewhere, Mm -hmm. like, is that different? Was that different? Yes. You know? So, everything was different. Like, every single thing. Like, every single thing. Um, Let me paint you, like, a day-to-day picture, like, of me in Ghana and then compare it to, like, over here. So, when I was in Ghana, I would wake up. I would be awoken, actually, by my second mom. Um, she had strict prayers at 4.30 a.m. every day. <laughs> so I would be woken up by her 4.30 a.m. prayers every single morning, you guys. Every single morning. So you know how I said that, like, we are kind of named based off of our the day that we were born? If it was a Monday, she would get up at 4.30 a.m. and list every Monday born she knew and pray for them. If it was a Tuesday, she would list every Tuesday born by name and pray for them. And she did that every single day. I don't know how this woman did it, but she is an angel. That's all I have to say. So, yeah, I'd be woken up by her 4.30 a.m. prayers. But I actually didn't have to wake up at 4.30. I had to wake up at 5. So she would wake me up at 5 um, for Bible study. So I would wake up at 5 a.m. I would gather all my ki- the kids in the um, house because I lived with Clara and then I lived with my two other cousins so we would all be gathered like I would gather them all at the kids table and I would lead like I would lead Bible studies so I'd read the Bible studies and then we'd pray then after we'd eat so after that we would have like breakfast um, made by one of the house helps and then we would have our uniform ironed. We needed to have like a tank top. We call it singlet, but a tank top, our uniform, which was either a dress or like a shirt and pants because we went to a private school, our socks laid out, our handkerchief ironed. And then we would pack our backpacks and then we'd be out the door to catch the bus at seven, go to school, be in school from like seven to two. And then come home, do homework, play, you know, stuff like that. 
so yeah that was kind of like my day-to-day routine on 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 kind of the weekends and like Sundays we'd go to church I used to be in a church like dance group so we would go to church practice um and then church and then I also had um classes like extra classes which was just like tutoring so I'd also kind of go to tutoring sometimes but I used to do a lot like I did a lot I did um abacus I did dancing I did modeling I did like (laughs) I did like kind of a lot okay so juxtaposing that with (laughs) with my life here um it was like none of that no bible study no nothing wake up at six have my no food ready for me like try and catch the bus which will sometimes leave and I would just go to school no assembly like the school was just completely different it was just you go to school and you start school um and I didn't like nothing like no extracurricular activities came home did not have any friends to play with like it was just me by myself the school was hell. Every single day at school was torture. Like, there was not one day that it wasn't apparent that I was different, you know? Like, it was just, like, always there. Like, no matter how much I tried to blend in, it was just always there. And then I'd get bombarded with kids asking me, like, the stupidest questions. Like That leads us into the next question. Okay. What are some questions that people would ask you? And how did they react when you told them that you were from Ghana? <laughs> um... So the first day, actually, I literally, like, I felt like a an animal, I like an exhibit, you know? I walk in, and obviously they've been briefed on me, I guess, before I walked in. Like, we're going to have a new student. She's from Africa. Like, be nice. Some sort of shit like that, I think. So they had this Kenyan girl actually show me around. Do? I don't know. Um, I walk into the class, and I'm just like, just, you know, pressure of being like a new student and stuff and all eyes are on you. And I'm now very conscious of my outfit because I'm like, this outfit is trash. <laughs> like, what am I wearing? All these people are like in tank tops and stuff. But because it was so cold to me, I started school, I think, in April. So I think it was like kind of warm by that time. So everyone's like wearing t-shirts and like tanks off and stuff. And I'm like here bundled up in a turtleneck, long sleeve with my puffer jacket. And I'm just like, damn, okay. So outfit is different, number one. The way I talk is different. I was very shy, like very quiet because I just, it was, I'm trying to absorb it all. Um, But these kids were just not holding back. They would be like oh, wow, like, did you have cars? Did you have shoes? Did you live in a hut? Like, did you live in trees? Like, did you ride elephants to school every day? Did you see lions in your backyard? (laughs) Like, all these questions that I thought were so extremely stupid. I was like, wait, who's feeding y'all this information? Sometimes I would go along with it and, like, make up lies. Like, yeah, my grandma got chased by a lion once. Like, just bullshit them, and they would, like, you know, believe it. So I thought it was funny. But they would just ask me the stupidest. I remember someone asking me, like, like, how does it feel to finally be able to eat? Like, and I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I used to eat more over there than I am here now. Like, what are you talking about? It felt like a sense of, like, wow, you've been rescued from, like, 
the jungle basically how does it feel now to have wi-fi and a phone and cars and shoes and clothes and food and i'm like i had all of that back there like i don't know what y'all are talking about you know so yeah those were some of the questions well you did say earlier that you just wanted to go back mm-hmm. right so yeah. what is it that you missed in your day-to-day life that you don't have in america that you did have in ghana um i would say the one thing i missed the most was my friends like because every single day I would go outside. I lived, when I would be with my grandma, I lived in an apartment building, like I said. So every single day, all the kids from, like, the flats would, it was called Sakumono Estates. It was, like, a, like an apartment complex, like, and it was huge. It was huge. I just missed the sense of, like, community. Like, every single day, there was somebody outside to play with. All the kids would come down, like, go outside and, like, just all gather in front and just all, like, play all around you know the estates and we'd be out till like the street lights came on basically like you just have to go home when the street lights come on or i just be at my friend's house or i just missed like like friendships having yeah having people that i could play with and stuff because making friends was like really hard do you remember the first friends that you made here um yeah the kenyan girl that showed me around that was my first friend that I made, but it was kind of like, you know when, like, you're just forced to be someone's friend? I feel like that's how she felt. Like, she kind of was just forced to be my friend, and her friends were forced to be my friends. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like a, a willing thing that they were willing to do. Like, I was just tagging along. And I felt it because, like, obviously, if you feel, like, not welcomed somewhere, you would feel it. So I definitely felt it. Like, people were, like, very... I don't know, but something about kids in the sixth grade, they will make you feel like an outsider, like when they want to, like they will not hide the fact that they, how they feel about you. So it was like, like I had people to talk to and like people to sit with and eat lunch, but it wasn't like friends. Like I, it wasn't like friends. Yeah. So now that you've been here Mm -hmm. for what you said, 11, 12 years, Nine. nine. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. So now that you've been here for nine years, how would you put American culture into a phrase? Like, how would you describe American culture in a <laughs> phrase? Oh, my God. Um, that's kind of a big question. I don't know. American- what, are the, what are the first words that come to mind when thinking about American, American culture, culture now that you've lived both lives? Okay. American culture. Let me try and think. Is there a war going on in your mind? <laughs> um... I'm thinking there are no rules. Really? Yeah. That's what I think when I think about American culture because, okay, one thing I like is the freedom to just do whatever and be whoever you want to be here, you know? Like, there are no rules, basically. Like, there's rules, but there are no rules, like, essentially. In Ghana, there are rules. You have to, you have to be th- a certain way. You have to fit in this box. You have to fit in this mold that you've been like brought up in and every kid is supposed to be like that but over here differences are celebrated like differences in in just individuality is celebrated you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i would say american culture is just like wild free it really is the land of the free (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um but like just wild no rules basically Mm, that's good 
Do you want us to listen to No Rules by Dua Lipa right now? No, thank you. Okay. Is that the one? Don't pick up the phone, you know? Are those the rules? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, now that you've almost lived here for equal amounts of time, mm-hmm. when someone asks you where home is, hmm. do you say the home that you're living in currently? That you grew a lot in or do you consider the home where you're actually from um well it depends if someone asks me where are you from i say i'm from ghana Mm -hmm. or sometimes i'll be like what do you mean like do you mean where do i live or where am i from because if i think about where i'm from i'm from ghana if someone's asking me where's my home obviously massachusetts you know but i do think of Ghana as like home home mm-hmm. you know like like that's actually home for me so to answer your question I guess I would still say that Ghana is home yeah okay. this is just where I live <laughs> alrighty <laughs> this is just where you're residing yeah residing 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 okay have you been I already know the answer to this have you been to Ghana since coming back no or since coming to America no sadly I have not which is so sad, but this year is going to change. I'm excited. What's going on this year? <laughs> I may or may not be returning to the homeland and never coming back again. Woo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will be back, but I may be going to visit this year. So, Is there anything you're worried about when it comes to reintegrating into your country's culture after being gone for so long (laughs) oh yes a lot like i think about oh my gosh i i just know which sucks because i came here and i was so different and i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna be so different like i just know first of all the way that i talk like i'm losing my tree it doesn't sound as authentic what was that you just said my tree (laughs) Could you go off of that? <laughs> okay, I didn't ask this question, but what languages do you speak? Yeah, yeah. So I speak Tree, which is the one of the main languages spoken in Ghana. I speak English as well. And then when we lived there, we were like forced to learn French for our whole lives. So I know a little bit of French. Juste un peu. Mais je parle à aussi. Okay, let me stop. But yes, I speak French and tree and english so i'm fading my tree a little bit because over here like nobody speaks tree around me i don't even speak tree to my mom like she'll speak tree to me i'll respond back in english like it's really bad so i know that when i go back first of all the way that i dress is gonna be different the way that i speak is gonna be different my mannerisms are gonna be different I'm going to have to remember to say, like, please, before every sentence. Because over there, you say please before every sentence when you're speaking to adults. Um, I'm just going to have to remember, like, all my manners, basically. And just, yeah, I just, but I know I'm going to stand out. Like, fresh back from America after nine years, I'm obviously not going to be the same. And it's going to be very evident. So what are some American culture traits that you wish you could integrate into your culture? And what are some Ghanaian culture traits mm-hmm. that you could integrate into American culture? Um, hmm. Ga- Let's start with Ghanaian traits that I wish I could integrate into American culture. Um, I would say 
I, I think I would say religion <laughs> just because I grew up a lot on a religion and like not necessarily religion, but just God. And it just like like here just <laughs> a lot of people are like, who when you say God, you know, so it's like I wish it would be more normalized because I kind of feel like low key, like being a Christian is like a minority for sure. Like over here, I think. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird when you talk about God, to be honest, especially amongst, like, white people, because I feel like a lot of the Africans and, like, I know are, you know, religious. So I think that's one thing that I would say should be, I would like to be integrated and just, like, make it more normalized because it's just a big part of who I am. Also, manners. Like, in Ghana, you're really trained to, like, be polite, be respectful, not be rude, like, just very, very well-mannered. And I don't think, I see a lot of children here who lack a lot of manners. So, um, that and, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe the music, I don't know, but that might be stupid. But as for American culture in Ghana, I would say the willingness to be who you are and the acceptance of being who you are. I feel like I wish more Ghanaians or, I mean, I guess back home would be more like, I think it's changing a bit now, but be more just accepting and open to different viewpoints and different ways of living and different individual characteristics and stuff like that because they just are always sticking to one script. Do you still nowadays have those moments that you're shocked by Americans <laughs> or have do you think that you've fully um accustomed to American culture I think I think by now I'm fully accustomed to American culture I mean there's a lot of things that shock me on a day-to-day -day basis like you know a bunch of people storming the national building <laughs> with rifles and stuff like that. But I think I've seen it, seen it all, honestly. I don't think anything would really shock me right now other than, like, the things that just shock everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like I've kind of seen everything. Yeah. Are there any stories that you're, like, itching to tell or not? Mm, about what, like Ghana? About, like, being shocked by American culture. Oh, um, I guess just, like, being in school and just seeing the way that kids would treat te teachers because in Ghana, the cane was a big deal. Like, you would get beat up for anything. Like, you would get beat for, for getting your homework, for not having socks on, for not cutting your fingernails, for not having a handkerchief for not having your hair neat like you would get beat for a lot of things so just coming here and seeing kids being like shut the fuck up to a teacher and the teacher not doing anything i'm just like i'm like you gonna stand there and let him talk to you like that like like all those instances just like shocked me because i just couldn't believe it and yeah i guess i also just had to get used to the fact that torture wasn't a thing here <laughs> like um so trauma, I was very traumatized, obviously, by just being threatened to get beaten with anything. So 
it was it was a nice relief to know that I could just do anything and not get beat up mm -hmm. for it and stuff like that. But I don't know if I have any story. I probably do, but I'm just like forgetting it right now. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> this has been wonderful. I do have two questions. Okay. To close this whole thing. All right. All right. They're just little fun questions. Okay. So in the future, mm -hmm. would you ever want to move back to Ghana? to live there or do you plan on staying here in america hmm, i actually had this conversation like yesterday um i don't know i think like maybe when i'm retired like i'll just go back and like after living my life and accomplishing everything that i want maybe i'll just have like a house or two there and <laughs> like build a couple mansions and just live there like in retirement you know and obviously, I probably would have kids or grandkids that live here, so I would just be flying back and forth, you know, um, intercontinental girl. But I don't think I would just permanently move there, no. Mm -hmm. I don't foresee that in my future. I may live there for a couple months, maybe to work on a project or something, because I have a lot of things that I would like to do when I go back to Ghana or, like, in the future. So I can see myself being there for some time to work on stuff, but I don't think that I would move there permanently which is so sad but yeah all right last question okay do you have any advice for people <laughs> who would move to america don't <laughs> beautifully said no i'm just kidding um obviously it's been a great opportunity like i wouldn't have been able to do <clears throat> any of the things that thank you to the academy <laughs> um my producers, my managers. <laughs> um, no, but I don't think I'd be able to, like, do anything that I've been able to do if I was there, to be honest. So um, it's it's a big opportunity and a big, big privilege that not a lot of people get. So I would say um, try to speak your mother tongue as often as you can so you don't lose it. Try not to forget the African morals that have been instilled in you because it's so easy to get caught up in the American way of living that you forget, like, where you come from. And just always stay humble. Like, just remain humble and remain true to yourself. Do not trade any part of your identity to be able to fit in. Just remain who you are, and you will thrive exactly the way you are. Yeah. Those are beautiful closing words. Thank you, Karen Atacora. You know how I do. do you you have know any? my body. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you have... Would you like to get to know it? No, please. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add before we end it? Um, no. Shout out to God. the most high. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> um... Yeah, shout out to This the is most. a culture shock yes. moment. Because <laughs> what? The most high? Yeah. Is that God? Yes, okay. please. Shout out to God, but not only God, but Jesus. Yes. Justin Bieber once said that. <laughs> oh, hail Justin Bieber. <laughs> Go That's stream. all high. Stop! Go stream Justice by JB. Th those are my closing words. Don't and do that. And also, Mr. I don't know your name. Give him an Mrs. A. Mrs. Give him an A. <laughs> no only if you see true fit <laughs> okay but yeah thank you guys for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode 
got to know a little bit more if you have any stories you can relate to this dm me of course always or leave a comment at wttk podcast don't forget to subscribe and give me a five star rating if you truly believe i deserve five stars you could give me four too but five would be nice no threes or twos or ones also subscribe to the welcome to kingdom channel and king cora channel and follow me on instagram you can shout out your instagram andrew by a n d r e w b a j nice nice toodles toodles <laughs> bye guys